Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I'm a man without a home right now. Well, not really a home. Right. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. It's okay. a weird time at Lifeway right now. Um, yeah. Not, not in a bad way, it's just it's, it's a little different, especially for me who works in the president's office at Lifeway. We right. have an acting president, so... Yeah, we'll get to that in a few minutes. That's our lead story this week, though, Amy. But it's All been, right. It's not just the lead story in the SBC. It's it's the lead story in Jonathan's life, too. Oh, clearly, yes. This the, this is a, a, a very personal one for you. Yes, it is. We'll talk about that in a minute. But hey, it's March, Amy. You know what that means. Yes, I do. We are right on the edge of my favorite time of year, March Madness. That's right. And after you threw that shade last week at UK, uh, which I appreciated, uh, by the way, uh, yeah, that that got some mixed reviews. I saw. Yeah, yeah, I I was all for it. I'm just gonna be clear. Um, my school LSU has become a basketball school because our coaches are now being investigated. So that's right. how I know we've made it big time that we're winning and we're being investigated. So, but anyway, in the SBC world, March also means Sibbets Madness. That's SBTS Madness. Our friends over at Southern Seminary are giving away more than 100 books. From their world-renowned faculty, you can visit sbts.edu slash madness to learn more and how you can win free books from professors like Tom Schreiner, Don Whitney, Greg Allison, and many more. I bet they got some from Dr. Moeller that they're giving away, too. Probably so. Probably should have included him in this in this sponsor read, I'm guessing. Well, but you but did. I you did. included him. I did. So, so it's yeah, okay. But, yeah, so it's going to be great. I, I always love the Sibbets Madness things. I actually won one of these one time. Did you? I did. I won a book. I think it was a Conviction to Lead by Dr. Moeller. Okay. I, that I won because um, I picked it. So if you're not familiar with how this works, you, you follow this. You can go out over to, obviously, this sbts.edu slash madness and, and find out more. But uh, they do this on Twitter usually, and, and like you pick the team to win, and then like everybody a picks. It's yeah, a, it's, a, it's bracket. a bracket. They take similar. the bracket, and they match up books with the bracket. And right. like if you pick this team to win versus this team – then everybody who gets in there gets a drawing and 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 you right. So it, so a win. book is a book is connected with a team. Yes. And then if the team wins, then the book advances. Yes. Basically. Yeah. It's right. fun. It's a great idea. So I love it. I always look forward to it every year. So uh, there's some upsets sometimes, obviously in the NCAA tournament, and um, there's some, some upsets of the books, all the time. Well, yes. all the time there are upsets. And last year we had that sixteen and one. So. First time ever. It's pretty crazy. So, so do you get into March Madness? Is this something you really follow? I will this year because I've got a team that I think could go pretty good ways in it. Right. So I'll, I'll follow it a little more closely this year than I have in the past. I I used to do brackets. I don't really do brackets anymore because it right. kind of ruins the uh, just enjoying it. Uh, people worry more about huh. their brackets and tweet more about their brackets than actually enjoying the games. And yeah, like, I want to just enjoy the games, so I don't do brackets. It's the same reason I, I haven't done fantasy football in a long time either. Right. I, I mean, I experience it two ways. I I do a bracket, but I have my teams that I want to win, and I would rather my bracket, you know, get busted if my team that I want, you know, goes really far. So. So you seem like the kind of person that would be pulling for Wofford this year because they got a pretty good team. I don't know if you know that, but. Yes, I know that. You know, you know where I went to college, Converse right College was yeah. right, was right down the street from Wofford and had a lot of friends on the basketball team back in the 90s. So, uh, sure. Now I am typically, you know, obviously 
I have been a Vandy fan, which it's not been a great year wow, for them. Wow, are they terrible. Oh, right. my it's, word. It's not been so a great bad. year for them. So bad. So, so bad. Uh, so I, I don't know that that's, that's really working out this year. We also have... A, I don't think I don't Bryce Drew is working out, but that's a different discussion right. for another well, podcast. And this week in the SEC my, basketball. And, and then the other team that's not doing great, although they almost upset Duke... The other night. Wake Forest? Okay, so my favorite basketball player, my favorite college basketball player of all time is Danny Manning. He played at Kansas, though. Where are we going with this? We're going with the fact that I was 11 years old in 1988, and it was the most incredible game between Kansas and Oklahoma, and I just thought he was this great player. So He was. Yeah, I wasn't like, I mean, I, I, I wasn't this major Kansas fan, but... But I um I loved that. I remember a lot about that game and uh I just loved to watch him play. So when he came to Wake Forest and was the coach, I've followed followed them. So but that's not gone really well. He's good uh, the coach at Wake Forest right now? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, okay. they they're not having a great season, no, although they no, almost upset Duke. Yeah. Right. But without Zion, anyway, by the way, that's an asterisk. They almost upset him without Zion. Right. Right. So, of course, obviously, I'm from a, in a Clemson Tiger house, but Keith was a student manager at Clemson when he was there under Rick Barnes. And Will so Wade while, was a player there. Yeah. So, while I would not uh, say that we are a major house full of UT fans, we are a house full of Rick Barnes fans and have a lot of respect for him. He's in, just got an incredible uh, story. His... Uh, his faith journey has been incredible to to hear, and so we'll be pulling for Rick Barnes. Also, my family uh, is uh, my family friend is Rick Bird at Belmont, and so I'm always every year Mr. hoping to see them in there. Rick, Bird. yeah, yeah, just won He's his 800th awesome. game as a coach the other night at Belmont. So that was about two or three weeks ago. So we didn't talk well about that. I forgot deserved. to ask you about that. Yeah, well, well deserved. He's a good man. Yes, he is. They always do well uh, in basketball here and kind of the pride of Nashville because Vanderbilt's terrible. Yeah. So, well, all right, well, let's jump into well. this. That's enough about basketball. We, we It was a kind of a light week, so we, we do have some time to talk about basketball. But LifeWay's Brad Wagner, the executive vice president under Dr. Rayner, has been named the acting president and CEO and Dr. Rayner has officially begun his retirement, Amy. It's a, a, the end of an era. Jonathan, it is. It is for for all of us in the SBC, hopefully but mostly not for, for you. Well, but hopefully, but like, it's the end of an era. It is, yes, but hopefully not the end of Jonathan's era. Well, no, I didn't say that. I was just <laughs> saying you, that it's very personal for you. It is. It's this, it is. the end of the Rainer era. Doctor Reg is, is very personal for you. Doctor Rainer is a a good friend, not only just a good boss, but he's a, he's a great friend, and uh, his retirement has officially started. They've uh, moved on. And made Dr. Wagner the president, the acting president and CEO of Lifeway until a new president is named. The uh, the search team, things from what I understand, the timeline is just not working out like they expected. So they went ahead right. and did this, and uh, Dr. Rayner kind of already planned on kind of being out and things. It's just one of these timing things, and uh, they felt it was best for Dr. Wagner to be able to give some permanent leadership instead of Dr. Rayner worrying about am I about to leave? Am you about to name somebody or not? So. To, to end that dance, so to speak, they have uh, named Dr. Wagner. So we've we've had some fun with Dr. Wagner this week about this because, you know, if, if you know Dr. Wagner, 
And oh, I do. He, he's yes, not do. the I want to be number one, and you know I'm the big guy. I'm such a big deal. He's not that kind of guy. He's he's quite the opposite, in fact, and right. um, very unassuming, and doesn't want to be the center of attention kind of guy, and just a, a good guy all around. And and we've had some fun with that this week about him being the president and CEO. And he, he every time he's like, it's acting, it's acting. I'm only acting. So it's it's been fun, but uh, congratulations to him. He's he's going to be great for Lifeway. I mean, obviously knows everybody, knows everything going on. So he'll be a good steadying leader here in this time as we await the tenth president of Lifeway to be named, hopefully soon. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm a big Brad Wagoner fan. You are. He's a big Amy Whitfield fan too. And I, mean, I think right? I I credit him with sort of me getting back into. SBC Life full-time. I ran into him at the 2009 SBC annual meeting in Louisville, and he just made a comment about, hey, are you looking for a job? And I said, are you serious? And he stopped and he said, can I be serious? And that just sort of started a conversation about a couple of different jobs, but then uh, ultimately resulted in the the job I had at Lifeway. And then that just kind of led down the road. So I didn't really know at that stage of my and life. Take a look at you now. What was what was next? And uh, so Brad, I always say, uh, I I tell people a lot of times. I tell women that a lot of times, you know, you it's you know it you you work hard and someone sees you. And I always say Brad Wagner is the one who saw me. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. he's a good guy. So it, it's fun being in the office around him. So he's good for Lifeway. And he uh, he knows Lifeway, obviously, been there for a little over 13, 14 years in different roles. And now the acting president and CEO. So congratulations to him. On to some news about the annual meeting, Amy. Stephanie Orr has been named the chairperson of the 2019 Southern Baptist Convention Tellers Committee. Yeah, so Stephanie Orr is uh, the registrar, I believe, or has been the registrar at the Baptist College of Florida for years and uh, apparently has just had a tremendous impact on students uh, far and wide. She is also a board member of the Florida Baptist Children's Home, and her husband, Mike, is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Chipley, Florida. So she's going to come and be the chairman of the Tellers Committee, and then Ray Carr, pastor of the of Baptist Center Church in Clayton, North Carolina, has been appointed vice chair. Now, Ray is uh, a graduate of Southeastern. He got his MDiv and his DMIN here. And so I see him. He comes around uh, from time to time. He is a wonderful person, just a great personality, uh, always makes me laugh. Very laid back personality, hardworking, respected. Uh, so th- this is, you know, we're waiting, we'll wait to hear the rest of the appointments for the Tellers Committee next week, but we're coming out of the blocks with a couple of really great leaders here. Yes, and Ray has been the chairman of the National Advisory Council for Evangelism Explosion. Yeah. So, I mean, like he, he's been involved in Baptist life, involved in evangelistic efforts around the U.S. and the Caribbean. He's grew up on St. Vincent in the Caribbean. Does he have a, a Caribbean accent, Amy? He does. He does. Excellent. He does. I can't yep. wait to meet him. So. Oh, you will, you will love. I don't know anyone who doesn't love Ray Carr. Okay. Well, that's good. So, and I, I, I've heard good things about Stephanie Orr as well. I've never met her, but I know Micah Freeze is a fan. He's a BCF grad, so knows all those people. Dean and Sarah talks about the Orrs, her and Mike. So, uh, 
I'm excited to meet both of them in Birmingham, and we hope that every one of our listeners will be there as well. Maybe you can meet them in Birmingham too. All right, Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. And we've got some good news. I know we've been kind of waiting on the good news because we kind of knew it was coming. And right. we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And last month, we kind of hedged the bets a little up. bit because we the, uh, the money from South Carolina had not come in yet last month. So we got that information and added it to it. We knew we were okay, but now we officially have it 5.98% above the year-to-date budget projections and 0.47% above last year after five months of the fiscal year. Yeah, we've watched this for a little while. It's kind of felt behind, but we kept noticing there were some extenuating circumstances and assumed that it would catch up and swing back a little bit. And it really did. I mean, 5.98% above, that's that's good news. We needed that. Yes, it is. And we're about 4.8 million, a little over 4.8 million above our actual you know, budgeted amount of 80.833333 million and 33 cents. Uh, dollars. There's a lot of threes there, uh, but we're a little over 85 and a half million right now. So that's good. Uh, I know that's math, Amy, but that's, that's good uh, news for us this year. And we are doing well on the cooperative program front. Also noticed in there that the Lottie Moon number is above year to date where it was last year. So I know Lottie Moon was something that was being pushed heavily, but the IMB around Christmas time, kind of waiting on those numbers to come in. They're starting to come in and it looks good. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that total in there as well. Uh, remember, we have Annie Armstrong. Uh, this past week was the uh, the Pray for North American Missions Week. They had a big thing at the WMU. We'll talk about WMU later in the show. But had uh, Ken Weathersby from the EC over there as uh, they had a day of prayer for the North American missions. And Annie Armstrong Easter offering coming up in this season. So tis the season for Annie, Amy. Yes. And and Annie's ginger snaps are better than Lottie's tea cakes, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. Those are things you learn whenever you're at the uh, WMU. I, I was going to say, we don't, I, I haven't had, I haven't made those. Well, just, just, just trust me on this. The ginger snaps are awesome. Not that okay. the tea cakes aren't, but the ginger snaps right. are just, I, and I like ginger snaps too. So, okay. But apparently there that was, a, that was Annie's thing was ginger snaps. Okay. I don't know. I, I think Annie was tall. She, to, very tall and just and really just the coolest. She was feisty. Yes, I, I think you and her would have gotten along pretty well. Well, I I have enjoyed reading some of her correspondence, and uh, I, it's one of those people I would love to meet. Yes. So uh, if you're interested in giving to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, you should have stuff at your church. You can check out the website at anniearmstrong.com. So. Pretty straightforward there, AnnieArmstrong.com for more information about the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And we do have some sad news, though, Amy. In Puerto Rico, we have had a North Carolina missions volunteer pass away in a swimming accident in San Juan. Yeah, I saw this and uh, just just heartbreaking. So this is Paul Fisher. He was the leader of a North Carolina Baptist mission team that was in Puerto Rico uh, to repair roofs. And, uh, and he died in a swimming accident. So he and his wife were there uh, heading up the team and they went, they finished their work, went to the beach to swim. And it was a, a riptide that, uh, that just came, pulled him, him underwater. So really, really tough story to hear. And 
The story has a quote from his wife that had come in an email. The Lord is my strength and my portion and deliverer. His grace is sufficient. Paul loved Jesus more than anyone I ever met. I know where he is. I am positive he heard the Lord saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. But uh, Paul was 36. So that's just a, a tough, tough story. Really devastating loss. Absolutely, and our thoughts and prayers go out to all of those in the Baptist North Carolina Disaster Relief family and uh, those down in Puerto Rico. Uh, Moving over to Guidestone, Amy, they had a trustee meeting. Here's a report from that and uh, gave an update on the Mission Dignity program. More than 8,000 people gave last year to Mission Dignity, and they raised more than $8.3 million dollars. And more than $1 million was given each month for three consecutive months in November, December, and then January of 2019. So a really strong giving effort around the Christmas season, probably uh, due to them getting copies of the Christmas Code. Those sold more than a half a million copies in 2018. And again, all the royalties and proceeds from the code books that Dr. O.S. Hawkins puts out benefit Mission Dignity. So uh, that's been a, a good, strong program again for them. Also in this, they uh, noted the strong results from their move last year. Remember, we talked about the move that Guidestone made uh, from their home of 29 years in Dallas's uptown neighborhood to their midtown development. Uh, They had netted more than $4 million in savings this year, which helped reduce fees in the My Destination funds. So uh, that that was a pretty strong move there uh, to be able to save. Being at Lifeway, I know about efficiencies of buildings. We have the same type of efficiencies that we are realizing at Lifeway because of our move. So uh, that, that's a big thing. Yeah. And so it's the, they have a theme every year. It's the year of the harvest. So we hope this goes well in 2019. All right. Down to Birmingham, uh, where we will be later this year, Amy, and hopefully everybody else will be too, because decisions are made. By those who show up. That's right. The WMU Foundation, which is uh, the WMU is based there in Birmingham, uh, gave $512,354 to the WMU uh, recently in their board meeting back in January. Uh, And that is from the funds that the WMU Foundation raises on behalf of the work of the WMU. And uh, they give more than $500,000 each year to the WMU, uh, in addition to other gifts uh, that are given annually just straight to the WMU. So uh, it's just a, another income stream there that the WMU has to help fulfill their mission, uh, providing missions, resources for life. Very cool. Before we finish the news, Amy, a couple of updates to some stories that we've had in the past. I would let you do the Supreme Court one first. Uh, tell us about Jack's Cakes. Yeah, so we, th- we'll we just do this really quickly kind of to tie it up. We have covered that several times. Uh, Jack Phillips, the Christian Cake baker in Colorado. Apparently the only cake baker in Colorado. (laughs) Well, certainly the one that comes up a lot. He and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission have made a decision to end the six-year legal battle over whether he can refuse business projects that violate his religious beliefs. So it's kind of a truce essentially. They dropped their latest discrimination charge against him. He dropped his religious bias lawsuit against them. They've just kind of decided to uh, call a ceasefire. That's it. Uh, so on the one hand, you you say, all right, this is over and, and that's good. Everyone is just going to sort of stand at ease. But it does leave 
some of the larger questions about the First Amendment unanswered because since it didn't go all the way through the court system, we don't have those answers on the books. Uh, I'm going to assume that in other cases, those things might come up down the road. But it does sort of tie that story up as we have covered it several times. So we just wanted to throw that in. Yes. So he waved the white fondant. I, I can't. No. Yeah, I no, okay. I, 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 I can't, I can't affirm that. That one was really, really cheesy. Oh, right I'm there. Sorry. Yeah, there's just no. Yep, you're on your own with that one. Okay, well, all right, there we go. Amy, we have an update also in the wake of the Houston Chronicle sex abuse series and everything that's been going on with that. That's been kind of the talk of the SPC the last few weeks. A quick update from you about this. Uh, we've had some developments on the bylaws work group. We've also had some statements, and I think we're going to read those here in just a second. But uh, start us off with the update from the executive committee and some changes in the bylaws work group. Yes. So we learned on Monday in Baptist Press that there had been several updates that Georgia Pastor Ken Alford resigned on March 1st. He resigned from the executive committee and his chairmanship of the bylaws work group. He uh, really wanted to... It, the quote the the statement was to show that I am not insensitive to the concerns of victims of sexual abuse and their advocates. So he had a seventeen hundred word statement just about the bylaws work group and the process. And so that was really a kind of a big development that was shocking to many. And to point out, Amy, he was the chairman of the bylaws work group, which was the group that had gone over the list of churches provided. And right. had declared whether or not further inquiry was needed. So, right. and, and that was met with mixed reviews. Right. So in the wake of that report, a, a lot of conversation had gone on throughout the week. And then he resigned on Friday. Then Mike Stone, the chairman of the EC, published a column where he just really addressed a lot of the issues, but laid out the fact that everyone is seeking the same goal. Also, a couple of executive committee members have really opened up their mailboxes, basically wanting to hear from abuse survivors. That's uh, Vice Chair Roland Slade and also EC member Jared Wellman. They've been very open to wanting to hear from survivors and to ensure that that the executive committee hears from them and, and are able to take that back to their fellow members. So, so a lot of developments just on the executive committee itself and then some developments after at the state convention level as well as at the church level and to start we'll go to the church level there was a a major development and this actually happened on march 7th rodney brown from trinity baptist church uh, who was one of the churches that was addressed in the houston chronicle article he said i am pastor at trinity baptist church in ashburn georgia Recently, I have come to realize that I failed my duty as pastor in not taking action against an individual who had been accused of child abuse in the past at another church. This was because of my longstanding friendship with the accused. Other victims have now come forward naming this person, and he has admitted to assaulting several young people many years ago. I now realize that what I first thought was an isolated incident was much more. I should have understood that earlier, and not doing so was a great mistake on my part. I cannot apologize enough for my actions. 
Although there has never been any known abuse at Trinity, the person accused has been terminated from the staff at Trinity. He was also asked to immediately resign his church membership, which he did. He has been directed not to return to Trinity. I have injured the victims of the accused by my actions, especially Mr. David P., who brought this to my attention. I have spent much time before God repenting for my actions. I now ask David P. and the other victims for forgiveness for my acting so irresponsibly. I also must ask Southern Baptist Convention President Dr. J.D. Greer and the SBC in general, along with the Georgia Baptist Convention, to forgive my actions. I have acted irresponsibly toward them in the past few weeks, and I truly express my deep sorrow for that. I pray we can heal and become stronger in the protection of our children. My greatest failure during this time has been to the God I serve who gave his son for me. This situation has greatly changed my thinking as a pastor. I realize that friendship can never override the duties God has given me to protect those we serve in his name. My prayer is for God's mercy and healing for the victims of these terrible acts and for any churches affected. So that was a... A really big release yesterday. I was kind of amazed to see it. And it came on the heels of several uh, things. There was a statement last uh, Saturday, I believe. Yes, from from Thomas Hammond. We'll link to both of these statements over at the Christian Index. Uh, They've done a good job of putting these out. But this was from Thomas Hammond. He said, in my initial contact with Pastor Brown, I expressed my desire as executive director to initiate a line of communication between my office and his church. In the midst of that conversation, I told him I was praying for him, the church, and that I was sorry for the way that this came about. I realize now this wording has been rightly received by survivors and concerned Southern Baptist as insensitive and inappropriate. They're right. It was. For that, I ask forgiveness. And to anyone who has suffered at the hands of abusers, I want you to know my resolve to address this issue in our churches and my openness to hear from you. I should have been more careful not to leave the impression that I was more concerned about a church or a process than the priority of one abused victim's. I want to apologize for the confusion I have created. Uh, and then he goes on, he finishes up, he says, uh, I agree wholeheartedly with the calls to action from President Greer and the sexual abuse advisory group recently unveiled, as well as the sentiment our president expressed earlier this week saying that churches who face accusation should be eager to demonstrate that they are above reproach in their commitment to protect the vulnerable and expose abusers. Any sexual abuser in our churches must be rooted out with the most tenacious determination possible to that cause, I want to reiterate my strongest possible resolve, which has only been strengthened over the last several weeks. And we kind of saw the Rodney Brown statement come out of this as well. So that's from Thomas Hammond. You mentioned the Rodney Brown thing. There was also something, another Georgia Baptist, Mike Stone, chairman of the executive committee, had a first person article this week at BP. Title of that was We Seek the Same Goal. So he laid out there, addressed several of the issues, uh, some things dealing with the report of the bylaws work group. He talked about how he understood that to an onlooking world, what that may have looked like. And he very specifically said, you know, to abuse victims, I stand with you. Literally, as a member of a group that nobody asked to join, I am with you. Um, And that's in that's in reference to uh, sharing his own story that that he had done at the executive committee meeting. He says, circumstances beyond your control have given you more than enough right to feel however you feel. And the possible sense of empty promises made in the past has made many understandably skeptical. So he he acknowledged all of that. He ended his article with the statement that this is an all hands on deck and all family members on their knees moment for the Southern Baptist Convention with a commitment to offer his hands, uh, knees, heart, and ears uh, for for this effort. So 
this conversation is going to continue. And we'll keep updating every week as it does. And as difficult as that is, it needs to continue. It because does. Part of, what, part of what the Houston Chronicle series showed us was something that, I mean, in a lot of ways, many have known there's been, there has been conversation about this through the years that we need to address this. And we need our churches, we need our local associations, our state conventions. We need everyone talking about this and and uh, really elevating the discussion. And that's what's happening. So that's going to do it for the news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So we're going to go back to 1960 uh, to the March 5th issue of Baptist Press. There's a little story that's a few pages in, and it's talking about Seattle mission sites that were picked for purchase. And uh, so it talks about 12 areas for Southern Baptist missions in Seattle, Washington, that the Home Mission Board was working on. But here's what I think is interesting about it. It says 12 areas for Southern Baptist missions in Seattle, Washington, were picked for purchase this year in the denomination's Big Cities program. So... In 1960, we had something called the Big Cities Program that came out of the Home that Mission That sounds familiar, board. Amy. And they were headed to Seattle to start looking, scoping out sites, uh, sponsoring missions. Now, this is a little bit different. Kevin Ezell's going to listen to this and think, I thought I had a good idea. I know, I know. This is where 17 Southern Baptist churches in Seattle would sponsor missions that could result in three new churches in 1960 and 10 new ones by 1962, saying that the city should have between 35 and 40 churches by 1964. So this was a church planting effort in the big cities program, and they headed to Seattle in 1960. Yeah, Sid Cities is a retread program. I... I'm telling you, whenever I do this segment, I learn there is nothing new under the sun. We, yeah, we are thought always... that Sin City thing was a, a brilliant, you know, new idea. No, it's just 50 years old that we just recycled. <laughs> and it is a it, it is, is, a, it is great a great idea. idea. That's hilarious, though. But it looks like it looks like Southern Baptists were were talking about it, and they were talking about it this week in Somebody SBC was ahead history. Of their time. So I just That's had to throw that out. Somebody was like, yeah. "Hey, in the future, yeah. this is going to be a great idea. Let's start it now." And right. And I didn't have time to start digging. I, I'd like to go back into annuals and other Baptist press issues to see if I can learn more about the big cities program and see what some of the other cities were. But uh, it, it was a short amount of short window this week. So I can just tell you that one of them was Seattle. All so, right. Well, I just cool. grabbed the 1961 book of reports off my shelf here because I'm that nerdy and have the book of reports from around the 60s and 70s sitting literally at my fingertips here. Um, I'm looking for something in the Home Mission Board about the big cities program, and I don't really see anything, Amy. So It's, it's, it's okay. I'll start searching online. It may be in here. In it just digital. may be buried. But I don't know. That's kind of neat. So very cool. I didn't yeah. know that we had done this before, but that, that is absolutely fascinating uh, that we have kind of done the same thing. Church planting has been on the hearts of Southern Baptists for a long time. That'll bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... 
My resource of the week is a book that has come out for pre-order this week. And it will not be released until September 10th, but I have already pre-ordered my copy. And it is by Rachel oh, Den Hollander, yes. whose voice, whose voice over the last month has been, um, very important. And, uh, I have learned a lot from her. I heard her present at ETS on the, the topic of abuse and, uh, on the topic of abuse and really a theological approach to how we should look at this. So it was, it was a really phenomenal presentation. Uh, but her book has been announced this week and it is titled, this title just gets me, Jonathan. What is a girl worth? And, uh, I just, uh, I, I, I heard that and, uh, just a wave of emotion came over me. This is specifically about her story. Uh, the subtitle is my story of breaking the silence and exposing the truth about Larry Nasser and USA gymnastics. We really will get to hear her story and it continues to be important for us to listen to these stories, to pay attention, not just because we need to hear them, but because we have to experience empathy in a way that leads us to action. And so I think it will be important to to read her story. That comes out on September 10th, but you can pre-order it now through Amazon. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to have to really work on getting her on the podcast. That would be really good. I know she's not Southern Baptist, but she's speaking into this conversation. And she used to be Southern Baptist, and her husband's a, a student at Southern Seminary, the our fine sponsors here at the podcast. So uh, we have to work on that. I message quite frequently with her husband. And so maybe we can work something out and and get that done. I think that would be wonderful. It absolutely would be. All right. My resource of the week is a new book that just came out this week that's doing really well on Amazon in the religious <laughs> and sacred music category. Uh, it's Dean and Sarah's book, The Unsaved Christian. And we've, we've been just having a lot of fun with that. You got it right there. Look at you. It's in my bag. Yeah, I have. Yes, I have. You. So we're doing this over Zoom and you can see it. I've just pulled it up. It was sitting right next to my computer. I got my copy last week. Very excited about this. I had read a pre-release copy of it and it is a fantastic book worth uh, worth any everyone yeah, so getting it. That, that's my resource of the week. Amy told you all about it. So check that out. I've got my copy. I'm going to read it, try to read it this weekend. So that's my goal for the weekend is to read that book because I, I just haven't had time during the week. So uh, working on that. And, you know, congratulations to Dean on his first book release and uh, his number one ranking in religious and sacred music. Very cool. Because it, it has nothing to do with religious and sacred music. I know, but it's, he's number one, though. He's I, number I, one in it. He's number one there, and he's number one in our hearts as well. Yes. Uh, so congratulations to him on that. And uh, yeah, check out the book. It's it's a fantastic read uh, from everything I've heard. I did see some excerpts and some pre-release stuff on it. So uh, I am looking forward to the final thing and uh, hope to do that this weekend. Excellent. All right. So that's going to do it for us this week here on the podcast. Uh, SEC basketball tournament coming to town this week, Amy, here in Nashville. I'm excited about that. I'm hoping to maybe go sneak a peek at my Tigers at some point this week. Uh, we'll see what happens before we get busted by the NCAA and the program gets close to shut down. So well, good I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> good luck to you guys. So, and watch Vanderbilt get just bounced out in the first round. Oh, it's going to be enough. rough. The, uh, as a Preds kind of mini plan holder, I get access to some special ticket offers from time to time. They were giving away free tickets to the first round game of 
the SEC basketball tournament this week. Oh, you uh, should go. Up. Yeah, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. I got church. Okay, that's um, and, that and it's it's also Vanderbilt be, will be playing, but they're giving away free tickets to Vanderbilt, well, and still, there's still not going to be anybody there. You still should go. They're terrible, Amy. It's church night. I hope I'm that committed. All, I I'm hope a committed that, Southern Baptist. I hope that the people and and I'm I'm glad for that. I hope that the people who were unhappy with me for the shade, which I don't apologize for, I hope that they I feel think it was better. Well deserved. I hope they feel better because you have been able to give so much shade to my favorite team this week, and I've had to just sit there and take it. They're so, awful. Awful. I, I have no. I have no response. I really have no response. So one day, anyway, I'm hoping one day. It's watch like, you make a run in the dead gum in SEC basketball tournament and make it to like the semis or something. Oh, and maybe they'll do it with a last second three point shot. No I, I one. I, there, oh. there are certain listeners who will get that because Bryce Drew. That's yeah. what he did for Valparaiso. Yeah, and I remember that. I was watching that, and it was it was a phenomenal moment. I was a senior yes. in college. Well, Bryce Drew ain't walking through that door. Actually, he is as the coach, and he's terrible. So, um, that, that's a little bit that that's a little harsh. Well, it's true. Okay. But I hope you enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoy the tournament being in town. Yes, and, I do. Uh, even it's if you it's can't always go. fun. We have and and you know speaking of being in town, the NASCAR banquet is coming in November to Nashville. They announced that this week. That's exciting. That will is get, super. Will exciting. you go to that? I, I I don't know. I'll see. That that okay. may be some. It's too far off to say yes. I'm going to go. But I, I mean, like you know, me and NASCAR. Right. So, you know that I'm means nothing to me, um, but I and did you live get in to, North Carolina. That's, I know it's like I did get bed. to it's, go to that dinner a while a couple of years ago. Yeah, and Joe meet Gibbs. Joe Gibbs and have the picture in front of the car and everything. You need to see if y'all can hook brother up. You know, since you well, guys it's are not like Joe Gibbs and I are good, are close personal friends. I got a well, photo op picture. I mean, you know, me and Chris Tomlin were close personal friends. All right, that's going to do it for this week. And uh, we, thanks for hanging with us and listening to our basketball talk this week, folks. Thanks again to Southern for sponsoring us. Go over to sbts.edu slash madness and find out more about their March Madness uh, bracket with their book giveaway. So check that out, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>